This is the CMO of GaiaX, Vasilia Orfano. This is our newest podcast series. GaiaX is a newly aspiring, rising European association, and together with you, we can develop a new concept of data infrastructure ecosystem based on the values of openness, transparency, sovereignty, and interoperability. Join us today at GaiaX and be part of this technological ecosystem. Good day. This is Vasily Orfano, CMO of GaiaX. This is the, the GaiaX podcast series. And today we have Roland Fadrani, the new CEO of GaiaX. Roland, we are very happy to have you here with us today. How are you? Vasily, I'm fine. Um, thanks for having me. You must be quite busy with the transition to the new CEO role of GaiaX. Please tell us a bit about yourself, your professional experience, and how you came about working with GaiaX. Sure. So um, I'm looking back to more than 20 years of, of, of international management experience, predominantly in technology sector and in the IT industry. Um, spent many years with electronic data systems, um, supported them uh, in EMEA with functions around workplace services and large programs, um, then went to join them in the U.S. in the headquarter in Plano, uh, where we introduced enterprise service management, and then um, moved on to HP, um, who was at the time increasing their service and the outsourcing service um, business. And after a couple of years there, I moved back to Austria, to um, A1 Telecom Austria, looked into the telco industry, uh, was responsible there really to build up um, a cloud and outsourcing business uh, for the telcos because it's really important that telcos start um, taking part of the value chain rather than just providing a very expensive um, infrastructure that has been written off many, many years before you you, you really can, uh, can um, monetize on it. And so that was an interesting change and, and an interesting move because it was cloud computing that we started to to push there. And we worked together in, at the time with Microsoft to bring in the Austria cloud, which was a concept without with a lack of a European view um, to make sure we talk about data sovereignty and, and overcome issues that people have with data not being um, um, under legislation they control. And it's funny because that was a couple of years ago and uh, and now we're here in Gaia um, and doing this on a European level. And if we look at our hubs, we're actually starting to do it on a global level, um, which I find very promising. After that, I spent uh, three years as channel director with Microsoft for Western Europe. Um, and from there, I moved um, to Datacon. Datacon is a, is a large German management consulting firm. I used to be partner there and um, was responsible for um, application ecosystem and business process optimization. And um, in that role, I came across about nine months ago, I came across uh, GaiaX again together with T-Systems, who is uh, an important part of, of, of Gaia and also um, has certain roles and contributions. And I was working directly with the BUD for a couple of times. So I got a lot of experience on, on GaiaX, which uh, kind of helped me a lot um, when I got asked if I would be interested to step into this role and, and bring that uh, endeavor further with 
the situation we have right now because my experience is really as a service owner, software development organizations, delivery organizations, large operations. And I think the phase that we're in now after a definition phase, what we really want to do, go into a very strong delivery position is really where my skills fit in. I hear um, a lot of, of companies, really big companies that you've represented. And obviously, uh, you hold over, what, 30 years of experience in the technology sector, which obviously brings a serious added value to GAIA-X. But can you uh, guide me through what even inspired you in the first place to to, to represent GAIA-X? Because obviously, it's, it's one of the one of the most important projects out there uh, from a European perspective, also cross-border perspective, but there has to be some key points that kind of tweaked uh, your mind and even your mindset to 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 go ahead and say, okay, yes, I would like to become the COO of, of GAIAX, which, which by default uh, relates to a number of challenges from an operational perspective. Yeah, um, right. I mean, first of all, you, you have answered the question um, by uh, stating it's, it's, to me, it's probably the most important cloud and data sovereignty initiative for sure in Europe, but most likely in the world. Um, because we try with very clear steps to understand what has to be done to make sure that data sovereignty is really, is really out there. And that means um, that users need to have control about their data. And at the same time, we need to help um, the industry um, to exchange data. The, the value of value chains within industries, so data-driven value change is just unbelievable. And when you take as an example, the German automotive industry, they basically fostered over the last maybe 60 years, um, a very strong relationship a very strong relationship between um, between the OEMs and 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 their suppliers, and their suppliers became highly specialized experts in doing brakes, in doing electronic components, in doing um, entertainment components, in doing I don't know powertrains, whatever. Um, but the very close relationship and the at the time, let's say analog exchange of information and data. Um, made them so successful. And when you look in the industry today, you need to do the same, but you have to do it in a digital way. So you have to build an, a data ecosystem in order to be a, successf a successful industry. And now exchanging data uh, in terms of intellectual property is always a hot topic. So we need to make sure that, that this is a safe environment. But why I really see the future in this, and this is what's really intriguing is, when you think beyond an industry, when you, there is a book, one of my favorite books that is called The Medici Effect. And it talks about why in the Renaissance, the Medici were so successful because they brought in um, experts and, and geniuses from, from different domains. So artists, scientists, whatever, they brought them, theologists, they brought them all together. And they, well, it was very fruitful when they had discussions across domains. Now, when you think outside a single data space today and see what happens when you cross data spaces and you cross domains, the, the, number, the number of opportunities just explode. And this is what is so interesting. And the second part why I thought I, I want to be there is I think there had to be a stronger move to a more 
HL delivery unit to be faster in what we try to do. Um, but at the same time, the positive thing is it's the first time where I see that policies, legislation, technology, and the industry are really all aligned in delivering what Gaia X is, is, is driving. Uh, Roland, uh, obviously you, you just dove completely like from uh, moving in, in, a, in a much different direction and taking up the CEO position, which it's, it's quite challenging uh, to step in, in, in such a role uh, mid of the year. Uh, already this is a, is a challenge. Obviously you need to even prioritize on specific milestones. So if given that you had some time to, to do to run a competition analysis of, of what we're currently doing, uh, how the market is evolving, and even the criticism that we've received. And we are being we're receiving for, for obvious reasons in, in terms of our delivery. What would be your top priorities? First, as a professional, but also from a human-centric perspective, because you bring that value as well. You have a different instinct, and you are also a person aside from a CEO. Give me a little bit your priorities for this year. Sure. So the first thing when I stepped up to the role, I knew some of it because of my previous role supporting uh, the board. But the first thing um, was really getting clarity of what we deliver. Um, I think that was not really clear. Um, so we worked together, um, Pierre, Francesco and I worked together on, on the Gaia X framework, which is really the logical view of what we are doing. So we've broken down this kit, this Gaia X framework into services and those services into subservices and those subservices into components and started to match um, where we are with this because it was important to have a solid baseline. I think one of the challenges we had is we didn't have a solid baseline. We were just moving around and changing things and people couldn't track where we are. And hence a lot of criticism came up and said, we're not delivering anything. Um, but that's, that's um, fortunately, that's not really true. But we were weak in communicating where we are going from a content perspective, not a communication perspective. So clarity on the GAIAX framework was the first thing we established. The next thing once we had that was linking all the activities, all what people are doing in the working groups, in the lab, in the committees, linking all these activities to those core deliverables so that we understand who is working on what. And to be honest, as you said, I'm a bit of a different person. Um, my, my credo is always be brief, be bright, be gone. If you cannot link, <laughs> if you cannot link uh, what you're doing, to one of the core deliverables in the Gaia-X framework, it's really questionable if you should continue doing it. Um, and um, I always say, as a, as a leader, I have a few things. I want my people to understand where we're going and why. So no secrets on information, because you can't expect somebody to deliver um, and to be independent and doesn't need you all the time if you don't explain to the people what you need and what you want and what's the direction. So that empowers them to take decisions in in their environment in their space of responsibility which is i think great because that makes them way faster and one brain is always weaker than eight brains and this is why, why this is where you need to where you need to go so that's that's the story so 
I like to empower people, make them understand where we're going. And that was what the framework was helping for. And then the next step is there is two things you can do every morning when you wake up. You can think about things you make better, but you also have to think about things you stop doing. And, um, and I think that's also important because people tend to add things on and try to improve and improve. And sometimes um, the worst thing is that you get really good in something you should have never started. Um, so. <laughs> yes. So what you're saying is reflecting before you actually acting and going back to yeah. reflect on what has happened till this point. I think it's 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 really uplifting the fact that uh, you're talking about team empowerment and this is something that is actually needed. But at the same time, sometimes uh, on a CXO level, uh, there are difficult decisions to be taken, and sometimes also. Uh, the empowerment may open doors for further criticism because the the team is not always going to see where you're going, even if you explain it in, in the best word, words. And sometimes they will not understand the crisis because they do have a different perspective and they're coming possibly from a different culture where they're also coming from a different language. Therefore, there is an inherent gap in the understanding and how you may be positioning yourself. And obviously there is, there is equally an age gap um, in, in everything, which is not necessarily bad. It's also good because uh, different people can join to create something better. Uh, sometimes, though, uh, from a sexual level, we simply need to bring specific solutions and we need to bring the solutions fast. And currently, the market is, is asking us to deliver something. What would be the response back uh, to them? Well, first of all, yes, there is different teams, there's different perspectives, there's different individuals, there's different cultures. I have a long background in dealing with that um, in, in electronic data systems or in Microsoft. It's a very diverse culture. And, and you also understand that people communicate differently. But the first thing is that with all my direct reports, I have a very, very close relationship. We talk very, very frequent. We see to align as much as we can. Because I think if we say that somebody really doesn't have the right information to act, that's a leadership problem. It's not an employee problem. It's a leadership responsibility to make sure that, that all people that, that are supposed to work together have a clear view of what the goal is and what they should do. And it should be a very open culture that if somebody doesn't understand what they need to do, they need to ask and they shouldn't be afraid to ask. And that's what's always happening. Um, because I think the worst thing you can do is you have a meeting where you try to get something new or, you know, debrief from a CXO meeting was your example. And then you have people walking out of the door, not sure what we really discussed and what, what, what the next steps are. And that happens often, not in this organization, but I've seen it many, many times. And this is one of the key leadership responsibilities. Second thing is sometimes you look at stuff as a leader and see a clear path. And then you have some conversation with your team and figure out probably the path is not so clear. So it's always a mix of telling people what really the story is, but also listening if you probably overlooked something, which can happen. We're all, all humans. Absolutely. Um, some, some of the work, the, the work that you will uh, dwell in is related to the hubs 
the national hubs right now. We have 15 hubs. We also have two international hubs, uh, 17 in total. Uh, many working groups, uh, like a business transformation in terms of the working groups this year. Um, also, uh, we have the lighthouses, and possibly this could be the the main let's say, uh, value of Gaia-X from a business perspective. Um, thinking that the summit is only uh, just a couple of months uh, away, and the summit is also the opportunity to discuss all the deliveries, the milestones, everything that we've done, so that we kind of close the year and move to the third year, the 2023, which is the growth year. What do you believe we should be focusing following the flagship? And obviously, given the time that you would be allocated by the time to oper operationalize some things on your end. It's a very simple answer. It's delivery, delivery, delivery. We need to make sure we have tangible results. We have tangible Gaia when we come to Paris in November. And we are on a very good trajectory to get there. Um, I think what we had seen in the past is that the challenges are that we have a, we have complexity in the product itself. We have a lot of different interests to be considered. We have somehow fragmented or let's call it friendly, very, very classical organization. Like when you look at the, at the hierarchy diagram, um, with all those committees and working groups, um, but the complexity is as such that we just need to get the right people work together, regardless where they belong in the organization. And um, this is why my focus, my priority is really, in order to get delivery speed up, we need to go for agile processes. And we need to organize the teams that are delivering by the right skill set and by the time they can allocate. We must not forget we are a member organization, so people have other jobs too. So we are building now a process. We already built the process. We start using it where we, where we stuff development teams um, for documents and code and whatever um, based on skills, membership, of course, and also the time they can allocate in a controllable time frame. And we are shortening the delivery phases to sprints. Um, and we use sprint squads to run those sprints in order to get faster delivery um, of smaller units. And the shortening of the development cycles will increase our control of the, of, of the, uh, of the deliverables. And we, it will help us to steer faster um, if we see any issues coming up and, and ensuring that the deliverables are really on track. So when you, when you control this on a three-week sprint basis, you have way more control than producing something that takes three months or four months because if you figure out that usually short before the deadline comes, um, you figure out what's, what's missing and then you hardly have any chance to correct the course. This is, uh, I think this is something that was missing for some time. Um, I think you're absolutely the right person uh, for this job, not only because of the experience that you're bringing, but um, I think that you're very straightforward and direct in the project management orientation that is uh, currently needed so that we can take it a bit further. Roland, uh, I would like to thank you for the time that you've taken. I know that you're 
time is rather hectic and you're moving from one direction to the next. Uh, but I would like to encourage you to come and visit us for the next uh, podcast series that we will have ho hopefully in, in three months from now. Um, for now, thank you very much. Thanks, Vasilia. Thank you very much. This was the GAIAX podcast series. Please follow us, share us, link with us and come back again. Thank you very much.